Welcome to Justice Rising, a podcast of the Inner Community Peace and Justice Center, where we explore emerging justice work through story and relationship. I'm your host, Cecilia Flores, and for this episode, I had the opportunity to have a very inspiring conversation with Ana Garcia Ashley, who is the executive director of the Gamaliel Foundation. Ana shares the story of her amazing journey in organizing, which is something that she considers to be a lifelong journey and part of her destiny. She also shares some of the struggles she faces as an immigrant and woman of color in an executive leadership position and how staying close to the people fuels her fight. And don't be concerned if you feel a little agitated by her call to action. It was intentional. Welcome to Justice Rising. I'm so excited for today's episode because I'm joined by the one, the only, <laughs> the very, very inspiring Anna Garcia Ashley, who is the executive director of Gamaliel. Buenos dias. Good morning. How are you? Buenos dias. Muy bien, muy bien. Hablando de aquí, de Georgia. Oh, wow. Okay. You're in Georgia right now. Aquí <laughs> estoy. I was wondering, you know, uh, maybe just to start off, you could introduce yourself uh, to our listeners a little bit about you, where you come from, who your ancestors are, anything that's important that you consider part of your identity. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great meeting you at the Prophetic Communities Conference in San Francisco. And I'm just so excited that you chose to interview me uh, because, um, my my journey is um, is as a it's a ministry you know it's a ministry that is not really like big profile when when you are um, in organizing and you are in in this kind of uh, ecosystem you don't look for a big interview and so I was just so excited and um, as you know I was born in Dominican Republic. And uh, even that is very low key because I was born in a mountain in a place called Jessica. And um, it's not even in the map. Jessica Riva, which is the higher part of the, of the town, is on the map, but not Jessica Bajo. So, oh. <laughs> so I have had to climb up. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the leadership ladder and be, um, I, I think for me, it just being uh, a Dominican woman. Uh, and coming from a very faithful um, Dominican woman history, you know, my grandmother, Isabel, uh, that is where I got all of my umps and all my spirit mm. and, and, and really learn what it is to be a Catholic and, and what does that mean in the world. And, and also, I mean, the history of that Las Hermanas Mirabal, you know, and how they gave their lives. Uh, for liberation. So there's a lot to live up to in my mm. journey. Um, so now the, I have been with uh, the Gamaliel Network going on 30 years. Wow. Uh, so organizing started really, really early for me. And, you know, seeing my grandmother um, taking on, you know, uh, the powers that be and in, in, in saying, somos la iglesia, nosotros somos el poder, you know, mm. we, have, we have the power, which I wish he would have lived to, uh, to live during the Pope Francis time, because it would just been so affirming for her. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my, my journey was really coming from being a little girl 
in uh, Temple and Dominican Republic to us actually having to migrate um, to the South Bronx, you know, from. Oh, okay. So I grew up in the South Bronx in New York City. And, you know, so now I'm really a real Dominican York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what that means, uh, you know, you, the, you know, the last thing you want to run across is a Dominican woman because we have <laughs> spirit and we very we know what needs to happen in the world and we need we know what the world should be and what is not and, and always fighting to make it. But then you add that New York attitude to it and it becomes dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I I really had the opportunity in New York to learn about organizing, uh, not faith-based organizing, but political organizing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what was going on in Puerto Rico, you know, yeah. liberated and the people who were trying to do that and the oppression with that and learning about my own country and what was going on in the Dominican Republic. Uh, but when I went away to, um, to college, this is when I began to learn about congregational-based organizing as a mm. professor. Uh, this was not just like me, you know, I graduated, I learned about witness for peace. It sounded like a Catholic thing to do. So I ended up in Nicaragua, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so I went to Nicaragua and I, you know, I can make oh, it. Wow. And so I was there with witness for peace and Hinotega and Matagalpa, mm -hmm. uh, in the embassy of the U.S. in Managua, right? Wow. It's I've been to Matagalpa actually too. I love yeah, that little it, town. It just, it just was um, a journey and it was, it was like my grandmother guiding me through, mm. this, uh, through this whole journey because it was like, just follow your faith. Just follow to be true, to be a true Catholic, right? Uh, so I had the opportunity to meet all the networks. Um, and I'm probably one of the few organizers that have the opportunity to learn and say, okay, I know who Shell Trap is and in and people's action now, but it used to be NTIC and in and, and he investing in me. Um, and I know, you know, just just knowing all of these wonderful people um and going to IAF training. And I was at the 10 days IAF training and I I was able to to learn and see Ed Chambers and, and Father Bowman and all these amazing people and learn. Um, and then running into, going to the training and running into Gamaliel, right? Mm -hmm. um, I also did go to um, uh, to uh, PICO, uh, now Faith in Action. So You've been I, everywhere. <laughs> was, I was a PICO organizer in Denver, Colorado. And, and I learned from amazing people like, you know, Scott Reed. So, you know, Ed Chambers and IAF and Scott Reed and, and uh, Pico and uh, and then Greg Aluzzo and the amazing Mary Gonzalez, right? Um, so if you meet Mary Gonzalez and she mentored me, um, your life, your thinking, it would never be the same. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's all about, you know, it's like my grandmother. Uh, you know, you are Catholic. You need to be in the front line. Mm. Uh, you need to be disciplined and you need to learn the, the arts, you know, of, of organizing and you need to implement it. And this is your life. Um, so this is what I, I've been is, uh, uh, of course, the big, you know, shake up and <laughs> journey was when um, I was selected to be the executive director of the <laughs> Uh, that definitely threw 
everybody fully. <laughs> Including yourself, probably, <laughs> yeah. You know, even though I was clear and I was determined and I felt that an immigrant woman of color, it was mm. our time. It was it wasn't yeah. just my time, it was our time. Uh, so, so I became the executive director and, uh, and it was like, I had people actually say, well, but you're not a male and you're not white. You know, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? And I, I'm just being a person of faith and I'm being an mm. organizer and I'm just organizing. Um, so that has been, you know, the last, I would say from 1992, when I came to Camellio to today, it's just been this journey of faith and this journey of, mm. and this journey of being in community um, and being in a very agitation of community. Uh, when, you know, people would just say, uh, no, you're not all that. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're gonna do it this way. Mm -hmm. and, you know, just being open to always growing and learning. So this is being, um, it's just wonderful to know that I have not deviated from my grandmother's vision of what I could be in the world and the impact that I could have in the world. Um, and I have much to do, but I am yeah. blessed to have been, to make, make it this far. So I'm just really excited. That's so exciting. You know, I was reading your your bio, which you basically just told kind of like <laughs> the, the journey you have been through. I, I've talked to our my executive director at my organization. She's also um, a Latina woman. Um, and I, I wonder, what is the experience for you being the executive director of, of a whole network, right, of, of organizing? I know a lot of people sometimes when you're doing very grassroots work, the higher you move up, you maybe feel like a little discon more disconnected from the people, or maybe you're doing more training and not a lot of one to How is that working for you? Like, how do you see organizing happening in your role, even though you're like at the top? Well, in Gamaliel, we are very bottom up. So we are very grassroots and, uh, and we create all these tables uh, of leaders, whether it's the civil rights of immigrants, um, table national campaign or whether it's the religious leaders caucus or we have you know the organizers of color we have the president's table uh, so you know you are uh an ed but you are an ed in a community with very opinionated highly trained <laughs> in your face people uh so so in Gamaliel you don't get to give orders or uh, tap down. It comes from the bottom up. It's, it it comes from doing the one to ones mm. um, because I'm constantly traveling. I'm either doing one to ones in in Manteca, California, or I'm doing one to one in Minneapolis, or I'm sitting doing one to one in St. Louis, or I'm heading up to Springfield, Illinois, or I'm trying to be in um, West um, Liberty in Iowa. Um, so these have these are the beautiful, wonderful high places that I hang out with, you know. And so we we stay pretty grounded. And mm. I do training uh, a lot, um, and that's not just because I love it, but also because there are very few um, bilingual, truly, truly culturally Spanish trainers in the, mm -hmm. in our system. Um, so, and it's important to me 
to train mm. alcohol in our language. Yeah. Uh, and culturally. And, and so, so I'm either doing escucha mi voz uh, training, you know, <laughs> up, and, up, up and down Iowa. Oh, I was just uh, in Minneapolis on, on Saturday, um, just um, in a church basement with a bunch of leaders who have been working to see driver's license, uh, you know, pass the law mm. in Minneapolis for over 20 years. Yeah. And now it was signed. It was signed. And, yes. and it, could, it will become real in October. So I'm down, I'm down there with doing training. So I get to go to a lot of the ED meetings where and I have in conversation uh sometimes in those spaces. Um, but most of the time in faith base, I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. I'm the only okay. immigrant woman that is an ed of in our you know our kinds and uh, our kind of networks um so i so i'm still you know i i'm still in the fight to fit in mm. uh and most of the time i don't want to fit in just because um you know i have a title it's because i really want to be a voice for my network mm. and i want to be a voice of our work um you know so so that's what one of the reasons why i don't stay silence you know and i and uh even though people who say well you know when is like when is the real ed gonna show up right <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> I, I can still move on and, and and really um i was trained to be you know to be strategic to use conscience use the self um and i was trained in Camellio to really occupy the space that god gave me mm. so it's not Somebody else gave it to me. Uh, mm. This is this by divine intervention that this yeah. is what you're called to do. So I'm pretty comfortable um, being challenged uh, in in doing this in doing this work. Uh, but it, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to all my sisters who are gonna listen to this. <laughs> it's a struggle, and it's not gonna be. They're not gonna accept you right away, and it's not fuzzy and and. And nice, and and people assume that you don't know things mm. uh, because of my accent, or because of my journey of where I'm from, or because just how I show up. Uh, and sometimes you can use that to an advantage. You know, mm-hmm. it's like underestimate me all you want, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. at the end of the day, I will fulfill uh, our Gamaliel agenda, and I'm going to mm. be clear and put it on table and represent it well so I feel very comfortable um with that challenge that daily challenge I love that I love how you talked about being close to the work I mean you travel a lot it sounds like so I mean that's like the only way right in a network that big you you have to see the work in action or hear from the people on the ground of what they're doing every day maybe you could share a little about the Gamaliel network like where are y'all located what is the work that y'all are doing i know i believe you're national international or how's how's your setup international well you know and when you ask about the landscape in in our work uh it's very national uh we are we have 44 affiliates across the country and they are all different and independent so it is like herding cats you know sometimes (laughs) Uh, and it's very, it's very important that they are in charge. They are closest to the problem. They speak to the problem. They are the one facing it and living it. So it's very important that those affiliates have the independence 
of, of the, their own destiny, their own issues, their own campaigns. Uh, but when we come together as a network, we had to align and we had mm -hmm. to align our power and align our passion and, and, uh, and be very clear about our objective and, and what is our mission. We did a lot, interesting enough that we did a lot of work in South Africa. Mm. Um, a lot of work. And, um, you know, and talk about travel, you know, I just, I just packed up my two daughters and took him to Cape Town and took him to Durban and took him to Port Elizabeth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> packed him up, you know, like part of the, part of the training material, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it's, it's really important, uh, I think, for, for us that our network stayed human. That is, that is not so much about the, the issues and it's not so much about the politics, but it's about the humanity. And, and that is mm. what's being violated every day in our communities is our own humanity. Uh, whether we're being killed by the police or we're mm. being stabbed by and, and deported or whether our families mm. you know, are being broken, uh, where mentally illness, illness is not being recognized as, and resourced and, and supported, whether our schools are under uh, you know, resource the uh, schools uh, in Northern, uh, in a central area, in a, in a low wealth area. It's all about our humanity being on the siege. And so I think in Camellio, that's why we spend a lot of time training, whether it's an expo, a formerly incarcerated, whether it's free, a woman, whether it's Entosaki, which is she who walks with lions and carries mm. her own thing. You know? <laughs> it's a woman leadership, you know, so so that we can really prepare and equip our woman leaders, our immigrant leaders, our formerly incarcerated. We can equip our communities and our parishes um, that are really struggling uh, to mm. to really see their values realized in the world. Uh, and, you know, that's mm. one of the things that I got from Let Us Dream, uh, mm. that we should be allowed not just to dream, but to realize our values in the world. Mm. Um, so that network is all over the place. And um, we, are, we are heavily young now, mm. uh, um, especially when the pandemic, it seems like all the pandemic organizers, as I like to call them sometimes, they were hiding during the pandemic. So they are they are Zoom organizer, which now are going into the world and pray for me. <laughs> and um, so they, they become a lot of first coming out of college, a lot of, you know, either from being incarcerated, but a lot of young organizers of color. Uh, it's, um, and one of our older organizer, older like me said, oh my God, they outnumber us. <laughs> I love that our organizers are young and they are bold. Uh, mm. and, um, and so, and they are so smart, you know, uh, about the, the real world. Mm. Uh, and so that's, that's part of. The, the journey for Gamaliel. And we also very, very heavy woman. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's a lot of the young and 
like me, a woman organizer. So it really represents a world that uh, we would like to be in, you know, with a lot of diversity, a lot yeah. of age and, and ideas and, and gender and, mm. you know, uh, whether you uh, declare gender or you are non-binary uh that this is a space for creative powerful world so i am i really feel that gamaliel has evolved into a place where we now have a race and power institute oh, wow. um so in the early day it was like we shouldn't talk about race when we organize because we're going to polarize <laughs> and in gamaliel if you don't talk about race you're not organizing you don't live in the real world. Mm -hmm. uh, so we you're part of the DNA. And so we launch a race and power Institute so that we are very clear about the tools that we need in order to go beyond the racist culture that we live in. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's just so, it's so real, right? What you're saying. I love how you mentioned kind of the youth and the younger folks coming in. And I, I mean, I, I'm like a younger organizer, but I'm also like, we have younger organizers than me. And I'm like, they're a whole different, you know, they grew up in a different world really with all the technology and kind of just all of the social movements that have been happening in the last, just these last few years. It's really, I think, fascinating um, to see how that unfolds. And something I love about organizing is um, I always have felt like organizing is a space where the elders are very, I think, docile to young people and not in the same way as they are <laughs> in some other spaces. You know, usually it's like, oh gosh, these young people are, are coming to change everything or to take things away. But there's kind of this spirit, I feel like within organizing circles that when they see young people, they're very attentive, I think. And they have, there's really a realization that young people hold the pulse and feel the pulse of many ways of what's happening across the nation. I can give you a very concrete example. Um, I think that because of the young people and because young people are totally connected to the earth and to climate and to climate justice. Uh, in Camelio, some of the young people started doing active work of organizing, not just in the in the reservation, but in, in East St. Louis and, and in other places. And all of a sudden it bubbles up and you have him Zoom and they're bringing it up and they're talking about uh, what's going on in this community and in and, and the earth and, and how are we as people of faith are caring for the planet and, you know, and, and they're so bold about it and bringing the information. All of a sudden we have a paper, white paper uh, on it. And, and so it, it goes over to the council of president and it gets voted as a national priority for Gamaliel. Wow. Um, work on environmental justice. Um, and it's like, you know, the president's said, well, well, now we need to really figure out how our network is shows up on Earth Day, you know, mm. how we show up the work and and what does it mean to care for the planet when you're working to build a beloved community mm. uh so so i think it's, it's it really impacts the network when you open up and give the space and take serious um when a young person said you know what i really really care about is the fact that um we're killing the planet 
you know, and uh, and is and Gamelio used to be really big on public transit. We mm. had a transportation mm -hmm. equity network, and we, we did a lot of organizing. And some of the young people saying, "Well, we read about this Camellia we're doing, and why aren't we really <laughs> pushing?" You're like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, we're working." It's like, dude, we should have taken that off the website. No, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's so much energy, and right now we 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 have a table. And it's not just young people. You have also older mm -hmm. ministers and, and especially um, ministers, African-American ministers that have been organizing for 60 years. Mm. You know, pivoting and, and saying, yes, we need to reform the criminal justice, the injustice system. We don't call it criminal justice, but the criminal injustice system. But we, that doesn't stop us from caring about the planet and mm -hmm. looking at the pollution and having an impact. And to me, that that is powerful. It's mm -hmm. growth, it's change. It's not how I was trained as an organizer. <laughs> but, but I just love to that we're doing this and, and that we're learning from the young people yeah. about how you actually, you know, show up in these places and do an action with flying kite. I mean, wow. I mean, never... I mean, I thought about, <laughs> like, I want to do that. <laughs> and I thought, and I personally own a kite because I just think that they're important things to own. <laughs> but but I, I just never put it together with organizing. Yeah. I mean, in my mm -hmm. days, you know, I use coffin, you know, to when people are dying from <laughs> to, and, tombstones I, and <laughs> right. <laughs> I, went to the, I went to the funeral home and I borrowed a coffin, right, to bring it into city hall. I mean, that's what I thought of. <laughs> but how much fun it is to go into a polluted place and fly a kite and say, you know, this is this is what you're doing to the planet. And pretty soon we won't be able to do simple things like this that wow. are joyful. Uh, I think it's amazing. That is, I, I'm like, where did they do that? That was an action flight. I'm like, where can, it was, can I join? Like, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was in, uh, in uh, East St. Louis. Wow. That's amazing. I wonder, you've yes. said you've been in organizing for how long now? About 20 years, did you say? Or? Well, no, I started in 1980. Okay. So I, um, I know I'm going to be 65. I actually feel like I've been organizing all my life, following me, my grandmother, my abuela, and yeah. my abuela, you know, moving to the South Bronx and, and fighting for the uh, school fighting for this and and uh, being a, being in a, in Aspita, uh, yeah. and then you know joining Witness for Peace and and being in the church. So I pretty much don't think I ever done anything else. <laughs> That's so great. I wonder. Like I've met a lot of uh, you know folks that are doing the work, and you know burnout is a big topic that folks talk about. You know these days of just you know it's heavy work. It's it's beautiful work, but it's not always easy. I'm sure you know that. What what has kept you going? You know, you've you've been doing this your whole life, and I, I feel like it's like it's either that, right? You either reach a point where you're done, or you're just committed. Like, what where was it for you? Are there moments maybe that you've had in organizing, or I'm sure maybe there's many moments that have just been kind of what's the catalyst that keeps you fueling yourself to do this work? Well, I'm, you know, I'm really excited about 
the opportunities always. There's always, um, as bad as things get politically and as bad as sometimes, especially for immigrants, you know, we, we have some very tough times. Um, but I always feel like I can be part of something that can make a difference mm. and that can make lives better and can make my life better. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I, I just feel like I remember back, you know, you're probably not old enough to remember, but there used to be advertisement that says, you know, join, join the army, meet okay. interesting people. And, uh, and, um, you know, and I used to think and then shoot him, right? Because my experience in my country was the Marine come and shoot you. So it's like, join the army, meet interesting people and shoot him. Um, and I, and I, and I thought, I thought about that. It's like, for me is join organizing, become an interesting person and then develop all the interesting people <laughs> and create an interesting world, you know? And yeah. I, that's what I do the rest of my life, you know? <laughs> this is like, this is like my, you know, I don't want to use the military analogy, but this is my group. This is my people. This is where yeah. I want to go to the end of my days. Um, and and sometimes I, I do feel like um when we can't get it something passed. So um and and we think we have support politically and we find out we don't. Mm, uh yeah. and we have enough power. Truly, truly we don't have enough power, right? And um and sometimes I feel like, oh man, you know, what what am I doing wrong? What am I not doing enough? And and then I say, yeah. no, we're doing enough. We just have to stay in the path. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I, I really feel like this is the most privilege and the most, it, it's such an honor that somebody yeah. actually trusts you with guiding them and organizing them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have organized people to, you know, take over banks, you know, it's like, can you imagine that somebody would just <laughs> trust this, this little Dominican, you know? <laughs> I have I have talked, you know, thousands of people to, mm -hmm. you know, just make banks um commit five hundred million dollars. Uh I talk, you know, I, I organize people and encourage and inspire myself and others to go and get arrested at the White House. You know? <laughs> uh, to go and, and to go and, and go to a detention center and literally lie fill up the rolls to stop the detention uh, van, right? I mean, where else can you do all that stuff <laughs> if you're not a leader or, or a leader or a pastor? Can you think of one other, other career <laughs> opportunity you can do this stuff? I don't think so. Um, you know, so every day I feel privileged to be an organizer. Mm. Um, now, I, in terms of being an ED, that's different because it has so many responsibilities. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it is good for us to um, have somebody like me in this space so that we can get more women, we can get more immigrants, we can get, you know, I am just so excited that Sulma Arias, she just um, became the ED of People's Action. Wow. I was so exciting. So if some of us don't do it, then there's no role models. Yeah. Uh, and and we had to be painfully aware that in who we are, some of us has to step out there so that others would take the risk, so that others get inspired. 
Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm trying to get my. I have a seven year old granddaughter, and I have a two year old. And uh, I haven't taken the two year old, but I took the seven year old on an action. Um, uh, we went to the congressman office with rice and beans uh, and an apple pie, those little apple pies, those 50 cents apple pie. So we had an action that says immigrants as American as rice and beans and apple pie. <laughs> and my, and my, my granddaughter has a Gamelio t-shirt. And I'm like, I'm the abuela now. I'm the abuela. My granddaughter can be inspired and become an organizer. Uh, she's only seven, and you know, she's she'll make a great organizer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she she was uh, because she she. I told her what the action was about. I told her what the the one talking point. She remembered. She went up to the congressman, <laughs> and she goes. Why are you passing immigration reform? My abuela is really upset about it. <laughs> abuela, don't you think you should pass immigration reform? <laughs> Shame on him. I know, so, right? You know, so <laughs> so it really, I just think I'm. I feel like as as serious as this work is, as difficult as it is, and sometimes it feels like no one's care about your effort sometimes because it's like you're working harder and harder um but inside in my heart I feel joy every time mm. I have a conversation every time I do a one-to-ones uh you know there's the uh, smart campaign that is happening right now in Modesto with those workers who are um you know making these panels and they've been contaminated and, and they be you know so we have to make sure we organize so mm -hmm. that people are not abused, so people don't die. And, you know, they can take those chemicals over to their house and impact their, you know, babies. Yeah. Uh, so that I don't think that I'm ever going to run out of fights. <laughs> I love that. I, <laughs> yeah, I might not be in this position uh, because certainly I need to move on and create space for others, right? For younger people and, and just like it, a space was created for me. I'm very mm. intentional creating space for others, right? But I could still be a Spanish trainer. I could still be a mentor. Mm -hmm. I could still uh, be working, leading some of the campaigns. I might even become a leader now mm -hmm. since I'm in Georgia, right in the middle of Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, you know, district. Uh, they might need some organizer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the middle of Dallas, Georgia, right? Uh, so my future is bright. That's just, that's just so beautiful. I've, you know, I've, I love that you shared that kind of just like this idea of your heart always being filled with joy. Cause I think that is something, you know, you're right. The work is hard, but there's so many moments as an organizer that just like, you can't imagine yourself doing anything else. Right. <laughs> like when some things happen, you're like, what? I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, forget all the, you know, the tiredness and the exhaustion and, you know, the electeds who don't listen, like this, this is the work and it's hard, but it's beautiful. Um, and it's energizing, even though it's exhausting at the same time. And it's, yeah. it's one of those things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder too, maybe, um, 
what are you excited about or what kind of movements are you seeing within our nation and even maybe even specifically within your network that gives you a lot of hope for, you know, you talked about your grandchildren, you know, in the future generations as someone who's been in organizing for so long, what, what do you feel like is unique about this moment? Oh my goodness. Um, that is something that I reflect on every day because, um, I hate to keep saying this is that moment and in this moment and for this moment, because we've been saying that for a hundred years. So when you say it now, you have to really explain it. You know, uh, I think young people need to understand that we have never had the kind of um, political characters that, uh, that, that we are dealing with in, in the national scene. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, like I say, I'm old and, and we have had crazy people in, in Congress and crazy, but yeah. this seemed to be, um, uh, this seemed to be really, um, you know, a critical mass of, of chaos. Um, mm. So I, I think that's important. It's important mm. to read um, not just the history, but the present mm. and, and what kind of future it has the potential for creating. And so I do think now that, you know, people can become more and more alienated and disenfranchised because of the confusion and the, and the multiple messages, uh, or people can be reached and their hearts and minds can be reached and align and focus mm. about our responsibility, especially as people of faith. Because the thing about being a person of faith in this moment is that you you cannot just say you have it. Mm. You have to show it. Mm. And, and I think back uh, when I started, maybe 30, 40 years ago, uh, you could get away with just saying, you know, I go to church, I'm a person of faith. But right now, faith without action, without the actions is truly, truly useless. Mm-hmm. And, and in my life have I seen that where if I don't take action on my faith I might as well just not even claim it because mm. it's so critical to act right now and, and it's not just in big ways um, you can act locally mm-hmm. uh, and support uh, a, a, just a small action support a community who's trying to clean up Support a, support a campaign that is trying to, you know, change the police or change a police chief. Or you can d- go massive at a state level, like, he, like in Wisconsin, wisdom, trying to impact the entire state budget, right? And in the ways that, was, that would really support the values that they have as, as people of faith. And, and you definitely cannot keep your eyes of the national scene um, because it shifts so fast. Mm. Um, and there's so many uh, dominant narrative. It used to be one dominant narrative. You know, the poor um, need to shut up and the-, the Work harder, power, right? <laughs> the poor need to shut up and work harder. And the people in power know it all and they deserve to be in power. <laughs> And you know, and we were up against we were up against that. But now there are several dominant, dominant narrative, mm. and is that there's a there's about it's about race, it's about class, 
but mm -hmm. it's also is it's about values there's a war going on that we at this moment need to organize like our life depends on it because mm. it does mm. and 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 i wish that people would understand that and one of my colleagues just got back juan soto from uh, bogota colombia uh he was there with salam one of the big catholic organizations and he said what i really i went there to to talk about organizing and to talk about you know catholic social teaching and i learned so much there how those mothers from el salvador those mothers from they are organizing because their life depends on it and so i think in this moment we need to agitate each other Mm. to organize like our lives depends on it. And that mm. is what's so critical about this moment mm. that I used to be able to say, okay, I'm going to go into any city uh, that calls Gamelio and we're going to put a sponsoring committee together and then we're going to do uh, trainings and then we're going to do a listening campaigns. Then we have an issues convention and then we pick the issues. Then we will cut them, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, we pick all these big th problems and we will cut them into issues and we will try to win things, right? We will try mm -hmm. to, to change. Um, I don't think we have that time. Mm. I don't think, I, yeah. I, I think we, we need to do a little bit of microwave organizing where <laughs> and we need to trust that people that they can be fully baked quickly right uh and mm. and i and i think we need to have uh at the, in this moment more trust in our people mm. that we are organizing yeah. with than we ever had before because we don't have the luxury of time mm. Mm. That's so, I feel all of that <laughs> so deeply. I'm wondering maybe, you know, we're wrapping up here and we're running out of time. I wonder, you know, you're talking about having this sense of urgency and microwave organizing. I love that. That's, <laughs> that's such a fun concept. But what, for those people who are listening that are, you know, people of faith trying to figure out, right, how to get involved, um, in organizing or what they can do, what what challenge would you have for them or what ideas would you be able to give them? Well, I for me, and, and of course, I'm a poor generation Catholic, but so everything begins and ends in a parish, right? Because that's yeah. the first community that I feel that should be agitating you to take your faith into the public arena. I mean, mm. that is the place where, um, so I do think that going to their priest or go, going to the parish council president or going to the uh, the justice, you know, the peace and justice, PJ people, uh, and saying to them, you know, uh, what's going on? You know, what are the issues? Uh, and also, if you feel in your heart that something is burning and you have a passion, and I don't care if it is to start a new homeless shelter, which I wish we could eliminate them all. People mm -hmm. should not be homeless in the United States mm -hmm. of America. Yeah. But let's be real. People also need to stay warm in the United States of America. And it's rather they be in a shelter than in the streets, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a passion for that, 
go and agitate your peace and justice group and say, why aren't you doing this? And one thing that my faith gives me is courage. Mm. A little too much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I would agitate people to tap into their faith and see all the courage that they can have to agitate each other to act mm. for the betterment of the parish, of the community, of their families, of the country. And I don't think it's that difficult to get connected. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's diff- you have to work really hard not to be part of the nice uh, Peter Claver, uh, not to be mm-hmm. part of of the um, you know the any kind of uh, social justice group going mm-hmm. Sierra Club, the NAACP, the mm-hmm. you know yeah. Gamelio and all the other groups. Uh, you ha- most human being works very hard not to take responsibility for what's <laughs> going on in the world. Yeah, you, have to work really hard. you know you have to keep changing the channel. Because in every channel, there's a crisis going on that you can organize to make a difference. Mm. And if I had to say, I have to, I had to say myself, it's like, what have you done? What is in your calendar? How are you using your time to create a better world, Mm. to be a better human being for others? And, And I think that too many, and I can only speak for my Catholic church because you know, I feel like in some of the denominations, they they actually doing more mm-hmm. <laughs> than we are. You know, and and it it put me to shame that we are the Catholic social teaching pe- uh, people, and mm-hmm. that we come from a generation from Pope Leo to today to Pope Francis about caring about workers, about people, mm-hmm. yeah, a roof, and you know, and and about the environment. I mean, that's yeah. who we are. Mm-hmm. And then to see so many in my own denomination, in my own beloved Catholic tradition, be climate deniers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be, be second amendment uh, corruptors. Uh, you know, it's like, it's had to be about people and you have to get the courage mm-hmm. to step out there and say, there's something that I can do with others that would make the world better. And that is a priority for me today, in spite of mm. having to cook, having to work, having to raise children, and having to take care of a house. And all of the things that we do, we have to make time mm. to create a better world. And if we're not doing it, it's because we're hiding out. Mm, that's so true. I like how you you said it takes a lot of work to not do anything, right? Like you have to make a conscious decision to, like you said, change the channel, to ignore the email, to throw the mail away, right? Like you have to remove yourself and that's a choice, right? Like you choose to not act or you choose to act. It's almost as if there, there kind of is no in-between in the world that we live in today. Así es. Tiene yeah. que tomar la decisión para mm. hacerlo. You have to make a decision. And, uh, and I'm just challenging everyone, everyone that uh, is going to listen to this and, and everyone who, who haven't and can tell somebody else about it. Um, and they should listen to some of the, the other uh, messages that you have that are very powerful uh, because, they, because you also have to be inspired. Mm. Uh, sometimes... Mm we cannot we have doubts mm. uh and 
and we feel sh a little shaken up. It's like, um, you know, I listen to the homily and the homily, you know, like on Easter Sunday, I was in my church in Atlanta in, uh, in Our Lady of Lords. And boy, um, Father went off on the legislators that would, um, who austed those, those uh, fighters in Tennessee. And how can we stand for that as people of Easter, as people of faith, oh. as Catholic? And I'm, oh. and I'm, I'm sitting over there, whoa. You know, you had to try real hard not to get agitated and do something <laughs> after. <laughs> and, and because it was, he was so on point. Mm. And he is like, I don't care if you like my messages. Mm. This is Easter. This is real. Mm. Uh, and we have all kinds of courageous uh, messengers in the Catholic Church delivering that message. And, and a lot of the people are working really hard in the pew not to hear it. Mm. Well, thank you so much. Speaking of inspiration, this was such an inspiring conversation for myself as a young organizer. I'm so glad we got to spend this time um, together learning about you and just the work that you're doing, the amazing work that Gamaliel's doing. And, you know, I'll keep you all in your ministry and your organizing efforts in my prayers. And I'll ask, you know, our listeners to do the same. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. The Inner Community Peace and Justice Center is sponsored by 24 Catholic religious congregations. Grounded in the charisms of our sponsoring congregations and Catholic social teaching, we build community to act for systemic change in our church and world. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Any notes or references from the interview can be found on our website at ipjc.org slash justice rising you can follow ipjc's work on instagram at ipjc seattle if you like this episode please consider donating to support our work at ipjc.org as well as hitting the subscribe button to follow along wherever you get your podcasts